Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Welcome to another edition of The Jerry Ratcliffe Show podcast here at jerryratcliffe.com and your favorite podcast venue, wherever that may be. Uh, special guest today and a special week in Virginia basketball coming up with uh, the Cavaliers coming out of an exam break as the number two team in the nation and will be hosting number five Houston on Saturday. Huge game at JPJ and a uh, little research. It's uh, Houston is the highest ranked opponent, non-conference opponent to ever play at in Charlottesville. So, uh, we were kind of hoping for a number one versus number two matchup Saturday, but the Cougars uh, lost to Alabama last week and fell to number five. So we've got two versus five, um, the highest, again, the highest non-conference matchup in the history of UVA basketball in Charlottesville. So something really cool to look forward to. And for some perspective on that game and for a little history in the Virginia and Houston series. I want to welcome in our special guest, no stranger to our podcasts or to UVA fans, one of the crowd favorites for decades. I'm talking about none other than Ricky Stokes. Ricky is a senior associate for basketball for the Mid-American Conference and uh, Charlottesville dweller. <laughs> well, Jerry, thanks. Thanks Ricky, so much thank for having me on your show, as always. So. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, taking some time out of your schedule. We appreciate it. Uh, Ricky, of course, played uh, on some of those early Virginia teams uh, with Ralph Sampson, and we're going to go back to the 1982-83 season, specifically December of 82, and talk about Virginia's matchup against Houston, five slamma jamma, in Tokyo, we're all also going to revisit the uh, Georgetown game, the game of the century that uh, took place uh, about five days before that, I believe, four or five days. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about this Saturday's game and, and some other hoops. And, uh, Ricky, um, we talked about it off the air before we came on just now, but you guys uh, started off that season with a cupcake playing the Russian national team. At the Richmond Coliseum, and uh, I think November the 11th, which was a, a full month before the Georgetown game. But um, what do you remember about playing the Russians? Not not many people got to play against the Russians back then, and they were considered as one of the dominant teams in the world. Yeah, it was just a, such a treat uh, to have the opportunity to play the Russians in Sabonis, and it was in Richmond, and uh, it was a great crowd at the uh, Richmond Coliseum. Uh, Jared, it's, it's such a treat to play with Ralph because you knew you were going to play great matchups. You, you know, we uh, you alluded to a little earlier, the Georgetown, the hype to that game. I think we had played Duke earlier. So we had a, a, quite a schedule prior to uh, going over to Tokyo. But, uh, yeah, that was a great way to open up the season of playing against the Russians and uh, to hear the national anthem, uh, the American flag, and people chanting USA. So, uh, and naturally, I'm from Richmond, so it was nice. It's a nice opportunity always to, to play at home. 
And you beat the Russians. And we went, yeah. You don't lose many with Ralph, so. Uh. <laughs> That's right. No matter who you're playing. <laughs> and uh, you told me a fun fact that uh, you had a block shot in that game. <laughs> I, think, I think the guy didn't see me coming from behind. So uh, <laughs> I had to chuckle at myself. Uh, I think that might be my only career block. So uh, I'm about a thousand behind Ralph. <laughs> only a thousand. That's not too many. Um, and, of course, you know, great hype going into that season. That was your junior year. Uh, you guys had a great team, and there was a lot of buildup uh, ever since that summer. I remember Dick Schultz, um, I guess it was TBS, and, and some of the other networks that were trying to arrange a, quote, game of the century, uh, you guys versus Georgetown, Ralph versus Patrick Ewing. And uh, Dick Schultz, the AD back then, was wise enough to – he he was a really good negotiator, and he he kind of put it out there for bids. And uh, and TB, he got TBS, Ted Turner's network back then, to agree uh, in exchange for rights to televise that game that they would also come to Scott Stadium earlier that year and televised Virginia's first ever night football game at Scott stadium against uh, Clemson, who I think was number one or number two in the country with uh, refrigerator Perry. And uh, TBS had to agree to pay for a lighting system, a temporary lighting system that came in for that game. So uh, there was a lot of excitement about that game, which was announced in like June or July, I think. So everybody was waiting feverishly for that showdown on uh, December the 11th at the Cap Center. Uh, were you guys just as excited about that uh, months before the game, or did, did it just build? Well, I don't know if excited or nervous. Uh, probably a little <laughs> bit of both, Jerry. Uh, naturally, uh, Georgetown uh, was a great defensive pressure Um and uh, I think I, I said in a quote, somebody just did an article, it was everything that those two players that was billed as. Uh, they, it was uh, quite the, the feverish. Uh, uh, even today, I can remember uh, the buildup, the summer, the hype, uh, Cap Center. Uh, yeah, I probably date myself, but they had this organ. And you hear, you just heard the music and the roar, the electricity in the arena. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, Roman Gladiator. I mean, going out into <laughs> battle. <laughs> yeah. And, be, and being and being a guard facing Georgetown Press, it felt like uh, you were thrown to the wolves, but uh, uh, it was hard to simulate their pressure. I mean, they were very tenacious, very hard. Uh, Gene Smith and uh, Broadnax, and I mean, you can and you know you can go one after another, and the key denominator would be the the big guy in the middle. That uh, if you if you were able to beat the pressure, uh, but I, I made the comment I'd never seen Ralph as demonstrative as in that game. You know, there was one sequence. If you go back and Google uh, Samson Ewing, there was like, uh, he laid the ball up. He got foul tip block. He goes back, goes it again. And the third time they finally call a foul and he just waves his arms and, um, you know, it just, you, you just knew that he wanted to play well. Uh, and he did. So, uh, and we got the win when he plays well, we always get the win, but, 
Uh, and Patrick played well as, you know, uh, he had one of the most ferocious dunks over uh, uh, Ralph that I had seen as well. So uh, it was uh, everything that it built uh, was, and it was just, uh, it was nice to exhale, but it was uh, a lot of excitement headed into that game. Yeah, I've seen some of those clips, and you're right. He, uh, I remember that one specifically you were talking about, and it, it was very demonstrative, no question about it. And uh, and had reason to be. I mean, he had a great game, 23 points, 16 rebounds, and seven blocks. Um, and Patrick had uh, 16 points and eight rebounds, so uh, not too bad, but uh, – Ralph definitely won that, <laughs> won that battle. <laughs> and I think Ralph was uh, his last year. That might have been Patrick's first or second year, I think, too. So to give Patrick a little kudos. So, But he was a new kid on the block, and uh, Ralph was not uh, any shape or form going to pass the mantle. So, uh, But it was a great battle. I don't know if we will have seen – we'll have the opportunity to see that again as seven-footers now stretch out and shoot the three and do some other things uh, – not to say that both of those guys couldn't do it, but it was just a different time and a different era. Yeah, the game has changed. And, yeah, I mean, that was like a, a heavyweight boxing championship for sure with two great teams and two big power guys going against each other. You don't you don't see that anymore. You're right. You really don't. I mean, uh, you know, just two big guys anchored down low, um, you know, five guys hovering around them <laughs> at all times, you know. Uh, pre, you know, shot clock or just, you know, the big guys had to touch it before anyone took a shot. So it was uh, uh, the game has evolved with the three point shot. Um, post guys don't get as many touches as they used to. So um, but it was a nice it was really nice to be a part of that game. And uh, I can't believe it's been 40 years. So uh, time it flies. It is hard to believe. And you had seven points in that game. That, that's a pretty good performance against a thing like that. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the kind of game that, uh, you know, it was definitely up and down. Uh, it was a broken game. Um, you able to uh, get out and score a little bit. So, um, but yeah, we needed every point that uh, everyone provided. That's for sure. Yeah, Virginia prevailed 68 to 63 in that game. And um, later that night, I, I remember they made the announcement during the game that uh, for people to be uh, cautionary at when they left the cap center because there was a blizzard outside. And um, I was with uh, a couple of photographers because I was flying to Tokyo um, with you guys the, the next day. And had it not been for those two photographers, I would have not made the plane the next morning. I got to the airport through the blizzard, thanks to those guys. And um, made the plane. Uh, it was uh, a flight from D.C. to I can't remember if we stopped in New York, and then we went on to Anchorage, mm -hmm. and then to Tokyo. But as soon as my plane took off, the airport closed. You guys were stuck. You didn't make the plane. <laughs> I remember I got to Tokyo that uh, like eighteen hours or twenty hours later by myself in a foreign land and couldn't speak any of the language. And I, I was counting on some UVA people to guide me through. So I had to maneuver Tokyo by myself for a day or two until you guys got there. Uh, what, what, what was it like uh, just going Ricky into uh, Tokyo for a game like that? that? 
that must as a college player that must have just been unbelievably great you know what one of the great things about college athletics and sports it takes you all over the place and uh, uh from a little guy from uh, richmond virginia to have the opportunity to go to tokyo um to see a different part of the world and uh just how animated and uh, the technology, I think that's what really blew me away the first time and just how clean uh, and how welcoming the, the uh, people were in Japan. Um, like you said, it was a blizzard. It was hard to get to, but uh, it was a, just a neat experience. Um, and another great test. I mean, um, you know, one thing, being a student athlete, you got a chance to watch other teams play and uh, as you watch Georgetown, you knew what a great test that was going to be. And lo and behold, here we were about to face a Houston team that had Clyde Drexler and Elijah Wan. <laughs> so uh, yeah. uh, it, was, it was just one test after another. And uh, we were glad to exhale after the Georgetown game, but uh, knew what we're, what we're about to face uh, in, in Tokyo. One of, the, one of the coolest parts, like you said, was just going around Tokyo and seeing all the neon lights at night and uh, that, what an incredible, incredible city that was. And, and you're right. The people were so gracious. Uh, I'll never forget seeing a giant billboard of Ralph uh, dunking the basketball over a Virginia tech player uh, in downtown Tokyo promoting the game. <laughs> I don't, did you guys get a chance to see that? or I don't think I got a chance to see that, or I don't recall. How about that, Jerry? Well, what was it like just walking around Tokyo with uh, – I, I mean, I wasn't a player, and people mistook me for a basketball <laughs> player, and I'm only 6'1". Uh, uh, they were just saying, oh, basketball player. I, no, no, not me, and I pointed at you guys. Uh, what was it like? I mean, that was an attraction to the Japanese people, just seeing you guys – uh, being basketball players. Yeah, it was kind of eerie, you know, naturally being there because they cheered, uh, they, you know, uh, about basketball, anything that happened. But naturally, Ralph was the main attraction and he's always is the main attraction. I, I used to tell people, I think he had 100 reporters when he went to the restroom. So what, yes. whatever he did, uh, it was a large entourage of uh, cameramen, reporters. And uh, but uh, being five nine, I could navigate uh, pretty easily uh, doing the sightseeing, but, uh, for the taller guys, uh, especially Ralph and Craig Robinson and those guys, it was a little difficult to navigate, but, uh, just the, the culture, the food, the sights, uh, it was quite the, the opportunity at such a young age. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Goodfeet system so much, 
I bought the store. I am so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Yeah, and then uh, the the games were played at, at something that looked kind of like a maybe a little bit bigger than a high school gym. It wasn't too much bigger, I don't think. And uh, it was a it was an odd atmosphere because. Uh, obviously, the Japanese people didn't have any uh, allegiance to any of the schools. So I remember uh, going in, uh, if you were in one line, you were given a red and white pom-pom and told to put on the Houston side. And if you were on the other line, you were given a blue and orange and you were rooting for Virginia, uh, even though they didn't have your colors exactly right. It was a different color of blue. It was like a bright blue. Um and uh, it was just a, a a different kind of atmosphere, really. Just the people were cheering. They, I'm not sure they exactly knew what they were cheering for at times, but it was a big deal. But Ralph uh, had gotten sick, I guess. Uh, he may have even played the Georgetown game under the weather. I don't know. You, you would know that better than I. I can't remember. But he didn't play in the uh, game against Houston. Jerry, absolutely correct. Well, I don't think he was 100%, but no – Knowing Ralph, he was going to play against Patrick. So I think his knee, he had drained his knee uh, prior to that week. Don't quote me on that. But I think, you know, he wasn't 100% against Georgetown. But uh, he was going to lace it up during that game. And flying over, as you well know, I think we did go to the same trek that you made over to Tokyo. We went to Anchorage and then we got to uh, Tokyo. He got sick. And I'll never forget the night before we were going over the scouting report, uh, Coach Holland said Ralph wasn't going to play. And uh, I know the room, we got silent and we got to turn around. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean he's not going to play? <laughs> are we, I think the next question, are we going to play? <laughs> uh, he was our Clark Kent. He was our Superman. So can you imagine uh, – uh, getting ready to face uh, Elijah Wan and Drexler without Ralph. So uh, needless to say, it was a sleepless night uh, knowing that Ralph wasn't going to play, but at least it gave us a little uh, opportunity. It's probably better the night before than the day of uh, that we can at least try to get our minds, wrap our minds right without playing, uh, playing him. So, um, and lo and behold, uh, you know, maybe Drexler and Elijah Wan, uh, once they found out Ralph wasn't playing, uh, they decided not to play either because neither guy averaged <laughs> in, in uh, double figures. I think I looked it up today. Uh, uh, Drexler had seven points and Olajuwon had eight points. So I don't know if you can contribute to our great defensive <laughs> prowess without Ralph, but uh, maybe they were just disappointed they didn't get a chance to play against number 50. 
I think you guys played some pretty good defense, if I recall. <laughs> I mean, that was 40 years ago, and that's testing my memory a lot. But I know you guys were pretty intense. Um, you know what? We're pretty good collectively. So, Jerry, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, one thing we – we you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I think David Teal is doing something. You, you, you didn't play unless you played defense for Coach Holland, as you know. So. Right. So with Ralph, without, we're, we're going to give you the best effort that we had. Uh, so we might not have had our Superman, but we're, we're going to give you our best effort. And as I looked up, uh, we shot free throws better than they did as well. So uh, I think we were somewhere, uh, I think I went to the line as I was looking eight times. Othello went 14 times. So I think we shot 86%, 81% from the line, and they shot 47. So uh, going to the line more than uh, – than they did helped and we were able to squeak out I, th I think something like a nine point uh win yeah you guys won uh 72 to 63 and we're up uh 41 31 at the half hmm. and um you had a pretty good game ricky you had 12 points or six of eight from the line and had four steals who were you matched were you matched up against michael young or drexler uh, definitely not Drexler. <laughs> I wanted no parts of him. You talk about a scary guy. <laughs> hey, Ralph was holding me my offensive game back. <laughs> Every once in a while, Jerry, I had a good game. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. You did. Uh, so do you, you were matched up against Young, I guess, most of the game. Yeah, and they had uh, Alvin Franklin came off the bench. Yeah, well. yeah, he was there. Um, so. And we just packed the lane in. I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to play against Houston, uh, matter of fact, I was talking to one of some of the coaches today, some of the things don't change. Uh, don't turn the ball over and uh, keep them off the offensive glass. It sounds like the recipe for um, uh, the game Saturday uh, because yeah. they are so explosive in uh, transition going the other way. So if you turn the ball over, uh, they can turn it into some easy points and, uh, watching them uh, just offensive rebound, their athleticism, how long they are, how athletic they are. Uh, if you don't box out, if you don't do things collectively, uh, it'll be a long night. Well, they didn't get the nickname Five Slam a Gemma for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's true. And I'll tell you one nice thing too, Jerry, we all were in the same hotel. So we had a chance to visit with uh, both Houston and Utah. So that was kind of uh, nice to have some downtime. Uh, you know, we played two games. So uh, we got the chance to spend and visit with them and see how the other half lives. <laughs> I think I think it was before the NIL, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but collective, uh, bar, you know, the, uh, but they were, it was nice to have, you don't get that opportunity often uh, to uh, have some downtime with uh, opponents like that as well. Yeah, I was the uh, only American sports writer over there. And so not only was I covering for the Charlottesville newspaper, but uh, the Houston Post or Chronicle, whichever one was the AM paper at the time, um, hired me to cover Houston for them while I was there. Oh, nice. And uh, I did a little thing for Sports Illustrated to wrap up the tournament. So you got three checks. You got you got a lot of checks. I got a lot of checks out of that. And um, I, I was covering Houston's practices. I was riding over in the, the little buses to practice with them. And I remember sitting in the back of the bus with um, 
some of those guys and we we're going through downtown Tokyo and I don't know if it was Larry Mishaw or uh, one of those guys was pointing out. So it's hard to believe that this city was just nothing but ashes burned to the ground uh, once upon a time. And uh, Elijah was in the back of the bus and he said, he said, why? And they said, uh, because of the fire bombings in World War II. And Elijah Wan said, what was World War II? <laughs> you know, he was from Africa, so he, right. he had never learned any of that in school. So it was uh, fascinating just to see that phase of, of it as well. And I had breakfast with Drexler one morning, and uh, he was a pretty cool guy. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was a learning experience for me, too. Uh but like you said, you held you guys held Drexler to seven points and Elijah won to eight. I'm not sure anybody else did uh, over that three year span when they went to three straight Final Fours. Yeah, give a lot of credit. I mean, I think Craig Robinson had a really good game. Um, I think he had some double digit. As I was looking, he had 11 rebounds and 11 points. Um, Jim Miller had 14 points. Othell Lettuce in scoring, he had 18 points. Uh, he was 12 for 14 from the line. So, you know, one nice thing we were able to get to the line. I think uh, we went to the line 32 times and we were 26 out of 32. So uh, they were very aggressive. So uh, we kind of turned that into uh, our offense. And uh, without Ralph, any offense uh, was good offense. So going to the line, making free throws uh, really uh, kept us in the game. And, uh, you and Othell could get pretty nasty on defense, too. I, I think I was talking to Tim Mullen one time, and he said, Othell could make people cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One good thing, Jared, I would say, uh, Othell and I, wherever we would go, and this is in the summer, in the fall, whatever, we would always play together. We never would play a separate. And we just really had a pretty good knack of what the other were going to do. And we tried to turn the defender and the other, you know, we had a great range, a great freedom. And I give the coaches a lot of credit to have freedom to do things. But I also give Ralph and uh, Craig and all those guys, because if we ever got beat, they would run into Ralph and uh, uh, Craig and uh, Jimmy Miller. So we had a, a pretty good front line to, uh, to make up for many of our mistakes that we were able to do in the backcourt. Nice to have an eraser back there behind you. <laughs> More times than one. You guys were called the, the Bruise Brothers, is that right? You Blitz. Blitz Brothers. That's right. Blitz Brothers. Blitz Brothers. You, you more, Blitz quickness, Brothers. more quickness than bruises. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather have that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, you went on and played, uh, like you said, you played Utah in the next game, and uh, that was – Pretty easy task. You guys won 80 to 57 in that game. So, um, you had a pretty good guard, Pace Manning. You remember him? I mean, he was a, yeah, he had a big reputation. So, we always took pride in trying to limit uh, really good guards. And uh, so, but yeah, now we had a, had the easier time. Uh, and Ralph, and also Ralph played that game. Yes. Uh, and and that was a big negotiation. <laughs> Ralph was not still feeling well, but you can imagine uh, the promoter and the delegation, the Japanese delegation. I mean, to have to put all the pomp and circumstances and to put this event together, and not have Ralph play. And uh, 
luckily, the big guy felt well enough, and I think it was a game-time decision whether he was going to play or not, but uh, he ended up playing, and uh, all is well, and uh, and uh, it became an easier game naturally with him. I think uh, I was in the same hotel as you guys as well, and I, I remember trying to go up and see Coach Holland or or uh, Odom or somebody and trying to get some quotes or some information, and, and uh, they kept saying, oh, you can't go in there because the coach is being – they're in negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Japanese were pulling everything under the sun <laughs> trying to get Ralph. And it was it was funny. I remember um, – you, you wouldn't know this, but I was uh, out in the, the crowd some and walking around the gym before the game, and they were uh, auctioning off raffle tickets for incredible electronic equipment. You can imagine being there in Tokyo, the kind of stuff they were raffling off. But the number one item that they were raffling off that everybody wanted was a pair of Ralph's shoes. <laughs> oh, how about that? <laughs> so you, could, you know what kind of buzz he had created uh, – amongst the Japanese basketball fans, but um, that was pretty cool. And and you guys uh, went on and played Houston again um, in the Final Four. The, the, the following, the, the next year. The following year, yeah. yeah. Same, essentially the same team, right? Uh, the same team, yeah. We lost to them in overtime. Yeah, yeah. we had played them during the regular season uh, at Houston and yeah. followed up and uh, played them in the Final Four. And uh, lost uh, lost by two in uh, in Seattle. Yeah, no. Well, and uh, there there was a few battles between you guys and Houston during that. Time. I remember uh, when Lajuan. won. Uh, I guess it was. I guess it was that same season that. Um, or no, I guess it was maybe the year after that. I'm trying to put my years together here. The Polynes was a freshman, and they played at Houston in the regular season. I think you were gone by then. No, no, that was that was the same year we went to the that, Final Four. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. The, the, the elbow incident. Yeah. Yep. Lajuan knocked out uh, Polynes with a elbow to the throat. <laughs> that yeah. still was not even called a foul. I don't think. Not at, not in Houston. Not in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> and Olden said he used that to his advantage in the NBA for years after that because. He knew Olajuwon was always, when they played against each other, Olajuwon was always looking over his shoulder, wondering when Holden was going to give him payback. He <laughs> used that to his advantage all those years. But uh, special time, that was a great uh, period of Virginia basketball, and as is this. And what are your thoughts on Saturday? I know you've seen Houston a little bit, and, uh, and obviously you've seen, you're familiar with Virginia. Two great coaches, um, you know, Coach Bennett, Coach Sampson, uh, Final Four guys, um, both pride themselves on defense. Uh, I think one thing, I mean, we talk about Houston being athletic, but they do have a pace about how they play as well. Uh, you know, I think uh, they sit down and guard defensively and uh, they try to turn turnovers into quick points um, in transition. But uh, tremendous talent, what he's been able to do to their program. Uh, I think this is, uh, Virginia is really, really good. Uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to watch. I was hoping, like you, you alluded there, it would be one versus two. I'm not too sure why we're not number one. Uh, <laughs> if Purdue was able to uh, leapfrog, but I guess it doesn't matter what uh, what the polls are in December anyway. But right. uh, Virginia is really uh, very talented, poised, undefeated. 
uh, poised to have a great season. I mean, they have experience. Uh, the bench is better. Um, and uh, I just think it would be a great matchup uh, on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it should be a fun game to, to watch for sure. Um, yeah, it, I, I think the one thing I guess that worries Virginia fans is they don't know how, what uh, condition Reese Bickman's going to be in. With, apparently it's day by day with him. Um, from that the injury he had up at Michigan up to his ankle and then a little bit of a hammy against uh, JMU the other night on a breakaway layup. And then uh, so we'll, we'll have to see. And then I guess Virginia coming off a 10 or 11-day uh, no game break for exams. Uh, your, your Virginia fans are hoping they're not a little rusty when it comes to game time. Well, one good thing is the excitement of the game will will hopefully get them off to a great start. I mean, I'm sure it'll be packed. Uh, they know who they're playing. They're going to be excited. But you're absolutely right. Beekman will will definitely. Um, he's so versatile. Um, can can hurt you in so many ways. I'm not too sure. Uh, you know, uh, he could have been a defensive player of the year in the ACC last year. He's really good defensively, much improved offensively, and uh, has done just such a tremendous job. It's nice to see his development and his growth uh, as, a, as a player, um, but he's, he's having one of the dynamic players in the ACC and also in the country. So uh, Clark, uh, Gardner, um, uh, you always forget somebody when you're, you're missing uh, naming people, but uh, like I said, the bench, and I like the young freshman. Uh, they Dunn had a great, tremendous move. Uh, the shooter from West Virginia, um, McNeely, yeah. McNeely uh, I think will give them uh, a nice and uh, the shooter from Indiana. Yeah, Armand Franklin. Oh, Armand Franklin, we can't forget about him. Plus, the transfer from from uh, one of your schools, oh, uh, Ohio. Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice blend of talent for sure. And they've done a good job putting those guys together. Yep. Fun to watch. Uh, and it's, you know, Kevin Sampson's done a nice job. I think Sasser, uh, the point guard of Houston, I really liked having it. I really like watching him because he's sure just one of the great guards uh, in the country in college basketball. So he yeah. does a lot, has a nice pace to his game, can really shoot the basketball and, uh, their post guys play hard, so it, it'll be a it'll be a, a nice matchup uh, for college basketball in early December. You that mentioned we could, that we could probably see down the line somewhere uh, yeah. in the NCAA tournament. If not, we'll really do that. Yeah, no question. You, you mentioned Kihei. Does he remind you of of yourself at all? He has better hair. <laughs> he does have good hair <laughs> and he plays more minutes than i did jerry so <laughs> no but he's he's a tremendous player i like watching him play um but yeah he he does all the little things uh he directs things uh he just doesn't have a seven foot four guy uh to throw the ball to and uh to, to erase some things but uh uh, he's. Uh, I'm glad he had the opportunity to see him play again, uh, and he, he adds a, a lot to the team and has had a tremendous career uh, for UVA. So, a lot of people that watch or listen to this podcast are, are not just UVA and ACC fans, but college basketball fans in general. 
tell us a little bit about what's going on in the Mid American and what they should watch out for. Any any teams out there that uh, could be threats come March? Yeah, NIT uh, ranks are probably our uh, the team has the highest uh, net ranking would be Kent State. Uh, they have a really good team this year. Matter of fact, they played at Houston and uh, had the ball with a chance to win. Yeah, uh, they went out to Gonzaga. Uh, and uh, led for 37, 38 minutes. Gonzaga went on like 11-0 run uh, the last three minutes, but uh, they have a really good guard, Sincere Carey, who was a player of the year in our conference last year. He's a senior. Um, they have another guard, Jacobs, and uh, uh, so they have really three guards that have senior leadership, uh, and I've often said if you have three uh, senior guards that uh, can really uh, take you uh, a long way. So other team uh, in our league that's having to off to a good year is Toledo. Uh, they're playing very well uh, in Akron and Buffalo. So typically those four uh, any given year uh, playing pretty well. Uh, Ohio's always uh, have an opportunity to, to get in the mix, but um, um, the season is young, so uh, uh, we still have a little ways to go from non-conference and uh, conference play tips off in uh, January. Cool. We'll be watching them for sure. Uh, well, thank you, Ricky, for your time. Um, Senior Associate for Basketball in the Mid, uh, Mid-American Mid Conference and uh, former Wahoo star, and uh, we appreciate you, Ricky. Jerry, always a pleasure, and uh, – and thanks for showing me that uh, paper from Japan. Uh, that's a that's a collector's item. So uh. <laughs> I can make you a copy of that. Yeah, we, before we came on the air, and people can't see it, but uh, I showed him a there's a, a page from a Japanese newspaper from uh, that uh, Houston game, and it shows Ricky going in for a layup uh, over a Houston player, and uh, there's the Houston guys grimacing. I think he. Uh, regretted you beating him so badly to the basket <laughs> <laughs> on the front page of the, I guess that's the sports section. I don't know. Heck it might be the, might be the old newspaper for all I know, but uh, it's pretty cool. Well, that's cool. I'm sure you get a copy of that. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. As all always, right, thanks for all you do. Thank you, brother. We'll see okay. you. See you. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you.